0: greetings welcome to space court
1: you know i was telling you how i was uh recently editing an episode that we did like a year and a half ago about judgment and yeah i was curious what was alive and what was happening in your world right now and you brought a very interesting thing to my attention what what's going on with you <laughs> yeah i get this text message Hey,
2: anything going on with you? You want to talk about some shit? (laughs) And I I was like 24 hours out of surgery. (laughs) I was like, well, just had my uterus removed. That's a thing. thing.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, to be fair, you didn't say you had your uterus removed. You said you had a hysterectomy. And in my mind, that registered as a hernia. I was like, okay, that's a bad thing, you know? But then I was like, but wait, I don't think it's the same. But in my brain, that's what I registered. So then I looked up hysterectomy and it was like you have your uterus removed. And I was like, Damn, bitch. Space cord,
2: space cord.
0: Space cord, welcome to space cord, welcome to space cord. We invite you to join us as Sahara shares her human experience of having a hysterectomy.
1: Why does someone get a hysterectomy?
2: yeah and why does somebody get a hysterectomy at the age of 39 <laughs> because this is you know like something that I remember growing up like my grandmother's having
1: you know okay. as they got older so is this a common thing as an older woman like getting your uterus removed
2: that's the way I always perceived it yeah okay, okay. um
1: because you know younger women
2: are using them bacon sure. and stuff sure. Yeah. I mean you know my aunt had had one done when she was young so mm. I was aware of younger people having it and Ties so beautifully into
1: our other podcast, which was Judgment. Because (laughs) man, Uh, that's going to be released probably in January of 2022. So stay attuned.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Judgment. Tell me what's up.
2: Yeah, there was there was so much freaking judgment, because especially for me coming from a natural health practitioner standpoint and shaman standpoint, Mm. there was a lot of shame that was built Mm. in because I do feel like we live in a world where we just cut shit out of our bodies. It's not working properly instead of going, why isn't this working properly? Mm. But essentially I went in to have my tubes tied like eight months ago. So I went in like for the consultation, essentially. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing the pelvic exam, she was like, Hmm, I'm going to send you for an ultrasound because I feel like you've got a fibroid. And I was like, uh, I've, just been traveling for days and haven't pooped (laughs) that was what I thought so yeah when I went in for the ultrasound and I saw the woman typing over her shoulder like I was totally spying Mm -hmm. and it she was like eight centimeter fibroid and I was like eight centimeters that's like almost four inches and and then they leave you like two weeks before they even talk to you about it (laughs) So I had right. two weeks right. to like, what the hell is going on?
1: Sure.
2: So essentially, yeah, they said, I went in, they said, you've got an eight centimeter fibroid. Um, it's bigger than your uterus. We so, don't know where it came from. I, I have a good idea where it came from. As far as from natural medicine standpoint, I had a copper IUD that when I got it put in, my acupuncturist was like, I do not like this in your body. Yeah. So I did eventually take it out, but it was in there for like a year and a half for close to two years. Mm-hmm. And also I would, had been through absolute war in a relationship and stress, especially like emotionally based stress is known to cause growth of fibroids.
1: So hold on, so, just to clarify, fibroids, it is, it's a collection of fiber that it's is essentially, not digested
2: it's a growth. It's when your cells are, it's kind of like cancer, the cells multiply and it's not cancerous. Um, they mm-hmm. sometimes can be, you know, it, it's one of those, like, is it a fibroid or is it cancer? You know, she was like, I feel very confident that it is not cancer. I would like to watch it because it's kind of in a difficult place to do a tubal. And I said, okay. So I got on my like, you know, natural medicine bandwagon and started taking herbs and managed to shrink it by a centimeter and a half from like March to July when we did another ultrasound and she was like, well, it shrank, so It's not cancerous. We don't have to take it out. We don't have to do anything, but it is the size. It's a little bit bigger than your uterus right now. So you were like rolling around with essentially two uteruses hanging out in your belly. Mm-hmm. I've always had challenging cycles and I've worked really hard over 20 years to get my cycles under control and having an additional uterus in there essentially just made my cramping and everything worse. So, um, in the end, she she kind of tossed it out very cavalier, <laughs> just like, do "You want to have some tea this weekend?" She was like, "Well, if you're going to do a tubal, really, you're probably going to have heavier bleeds and probably more pain. So, we can just take your uterus." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sorry, what? Right? And that, and that, and that for old people?" She's like, Damn. "Well, you're not using it." And I was like, I mean, "That was a good point." I mean, I just thought of how many times I've cursed my uterus in my life Mm. and how words have power, you know? And I just thought like, how many times I've been like, man, if I could just take this fucker out, I would.
0: How many times have I said that?
2: Yes. It was wild. And I was like, geez, did I bring this on? (laughs) You know, Like these words do have power. And if you keep saying that, and I've always said it kind of in jest, but Mm. really the universe doesn't take, you know, sarcasm, which is hard. It's probably mm-hmm. why I have a lot of problems in my life. Like, all my problems are probably created by my own words.
1: <laughs> sure. And my sarcasm,
2: because sure. God's all like, okay. And I was like, no, no, me. And yeah, <laughs> no sense of humor up there.
1: Right.
2: I really had to sit with that idea because, you know, I have an issue with modern medicine and just cutting shit out of people's bodies and not looking at the symptoms. I had all these limiting beliefs floating around in my brain of yeah. like, am I taking the easy road? should i have done more like the great word should right should mm. i have done more could i have done more like just all these thoughts around mm. failing mm. as a woman and as an as a, a health practitioner failing to Cure myself, and now being in a situation where I need to have my my uterus taken out, and I didn't need to have it. So then I started to like worked with those emotions and those beliefs. And then I moved into the whole stuff of why why can I not just have it taken out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who's right. to say there? Because there is a limiting belief that runs very deep within women that we have to suffer to be a woman is to suffer. You suffer mm-hmm. every twenty eight days, and for me, my cycle was running on about a three week cycle. Mm-hmm. So I had mm-hmm. very limited, non-affected time. So yeah, I came up against that belief. Like, oh yeah, women, women need to suffer. We need to suffer every month. And it's just the way life is. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So much judgment. And in the end, I can't say that I still don't have moments where I question if I did enough.
1: hmm
2: But I, you know, I do feel like right as I needed to make the decision, I had numerous women just wander into my life, just wafting in Mm -hmm. that had somehow like, who really starts a conversation with like, yeah, my uterus. This conversation happened numerous times with numerous women who had just had a hysterectomy within the last year who were my age or younger. Wow. Wow. And I was like, okay. I just felt like that was the universe kind of being like, you need to let yourself off the hook, lady. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Because Mm -hmm. all these women said, this is the best choice I've ever made. It hurts like hell, you're very uncomfortable, but you never have a period again. (laughs) And I do love the sacredness of the bleed. I love that time where I'm like, man, I am just transforming and transmuting and I can be in spirit world so much easier. Mm. (laughs) But who's to say I need to actually physically bleed from my vagina in order to do that? Yeah. If the doorway is open, the doorway is open. It doesn't take an organ to open that door for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Damn. Because you're like maybe a week in, maybe a little bit more than that. How's the recovery? How's the healing?
2: Oh, dude, I did not anticipate. I've had a lot of surgeries. Like I've had five knee surgeries, one of which was literally four weeks before this surgery. And I'm just knocking them all out right now. I really was underprepared for the amount of infantileness I would be just the discomfort of coughing, sneezing, laughing, like do not laugh. Mm -mm. Yesterday was kind of, I still have to hold my stomach and lean over and push into my belly in order to laugh without being in pain.
1: That's temporary though, right? This is all temporary. Yeah.
2: This is all temporary just during the healing process. So I've been told that two weeks, which will be next Monday, I will feel just about a hundred percent but okay. I'm still not allowed to lift more than 10 pounds for four additional weeks after
1: that. Wow.
2: As my doctor says, you want to scar high so that there's kind of a web that's created that holds mm. things up high because we we want to avoid prolapse because essentially, you know, you've just created space that was never there before
0: and right. additional
2: space because that fibroid had been in there like a little like baby growing. So we want to, you know, keep the bladder really happy and just kind of keep everything lifted. But the first few days, oh man. The worst though, I gotta say, was not pooping for days. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a doula, I've had a lot of conversations with pregnant women around, you're not going to poop after you give birth to this baby. You're going to be real excited for that first poop. And mm-hmm. then you're going to go into that first poop and you'll be real unexcited. <laughs> Cause it's going to be hell, you know, like stool softener, all this stuff. Yeah. I definitely experienced that myself where I think it was four or five days before I pooped and it was like the middle of the night. My body was, it was very gentle. My body was like, Hey, you should get up and pee. And then it was like, surprise. We're <laughs> poop!
1: Congratulations. Uh,
2: yeah. But I had been on like stool softener for a couple of days and I finally had taken like some milk of magnesia to like get the process going. Uh-huh still it's hit or miss. Every time I go to the bathroom, sometimes it's relatively easy. And sometimes it's like, Oh, I just overdid it today. I So, So a lot of like, I have this downtime where I'm not really working with clients at all. So I'm like, I'm gonna get the other stuff done that I never do because I'm always doing other things. And sometimes it's like, I, I just, I can't sit in front of my computer. It's too much. I need to go lay down. Or, you know, trying to reconnect with friends that I haven't chatted with in a while. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm too tired. I pooped today. I'm too tired (laughs) to have a phone call with you. Uh,
1: Yeah. How little it takes to just be completely depleted.
2: Exactly. Just the other morning I got up, I was super inspired because I'm like, I'm moving in a couple months, but I need to essentially pack all my shit and put it on a boat like in two weeks. Mm. And I was just clearing stuff out of my closet and throwing it on the bed because my mom is going to help me like box everything because I can't carry anything. So I'm just pulling shit out of the closet and throwing it on the bed. You know, some of it's going to donation. I'm purging essentially, mm-hmm. but I'm bending over to put the hangers on the floor in nice little piles that <laughs> it doesn't turn into hanger hell. Sure. And after like an hour of that, I was just like, oh my God, I think all my insides are going to come out through some orifice. I'm not sure which one.
0: Oh, and I hadn't
2: really thought about like the folding over into those sutures, mm. into that space that is still healing. Uh, and I was wiped. I did an, like an hour of mm-hmm. essentially pulling stuff out of my closet, bending over. And I was
1: like, well, that's it for the day. It's 11 o'clock. That would a good run. You know, as you're talking about your uterus, like knee surgeries, I've always identified with certain parts of my body as older than other parts of my body. You know, like I have my sun circumnavigation age, but then I feel like there's these other ages, you know, and as you're describing Mm. this whole scenario, I'm like, oh yeah, your insides or specifically your, well, you don't even have the uterus anymore. So I don't know. The the Mm -mm. space of the uterus is probably 96. What that actually turns out to be is this inability to exert more energy in areas that are you know, other than these nourishing spaces of probably an Ayurvedic practice of like waking up at four in the morning and having your slow hour. You know what I mean? Like there's something there about different parts of our body or different parts of ourself aging differently. I'm starting to believe it more and more as uh, I grow into a riper age.
2: Right before I did the surgery, uh, like the Friday before there was a new moon circle Mm-hmm. That I go to. And during that I was talking about, cause it's a talking circle. It's a traditional native American talking circle. And you just talk about what's coming up for you. It's like mm-hmm. group therapy kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. over, over a fire. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I was talking around about releasing because I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. releasing the shame and the guilt that I carry of not carrying on my lineage. So it's like my dad is an only child. So from a very young age, I held the weight of like, I am the last. I was like a weird kid that was like very deeply affected by that. So I was trying to let that shame go. And so as I did that and like put my pine cone in the fire, our head circle woman started drumming, very powerful drumming that we all got into. And I had this vision. I was like crying, not hard crying, but just that release, like, Mm oh, shit's flowing through me. And I look younger than I am. So Mm -hmm. when I was young and I was in this natural medicine, which was very new, ironically, to society, everyone looked at me and I was young. I was in my twenties and I looked even younger than I was. Mm -hmm. So people would look at me and be like, what the hell do you know about the world? Like, you know, you're not old enough. And now that I'm like in my late 30s and I'm still living an alternative lifestyle, people look at me and are like, what the hell do you know? You are living this young lifestyle. You're living a different life. You should have X, Y, and Z and you don't. Mm. Therefore, you are too old, but too young at the same time. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I can't win with this. (laughs) And during this like drumming, I felt this energy come into me and it was my crone. And she was, yeah, she was like, as you release this uterus, you're creating more space for me. You're gonna inhabit your body in a different way. Mm -hmm. And now, like, this is the space where you're gonna allow this crone energy to live. And I was like, Yeah, (laughs) get in there. (laughs) You know, I finally like welcomed her. Mm -hmm. Um, into that space. So that part of me definitely is older. And I, I think you're absolutely right. That pieces of us are kind of vibrating in different, different ways. And some of them are more youthful and so like a little more innocent. And some of them are a little more ancient and knowledgeable. And I think that that's beautiful that we have these different aspects within ourselves where we can kind of go to access those things that we need. Like, what do I need today? A little more mm. joy, I Need a little more laughter. I need a little more play. Let me just go visit this place in me that feels very young.
1: Yeah. And
2: then, you know, I'm trying to figure out a decision. Let me just go visit this place that feels very wise. Mm. If we just recognize we have everything that we need within ourselves, we would stop trying to look for all that external validation in the world around us we need to let go of that idea of what wisdom looks like. So we really need to stop thinking that age that at this number has, or the way someone looks has anything to do with the knowledge that they're carrying because Mm -hmm. you will find nuggets of wisdom in all shapes, sizes, ages, and appearances that Mm -hmm. will blow you wide open.
1: You recognized with the drumming, like you're inviting the crone into the space, you have the surgery, you're in the healing, what's come up for you? Or what are some of the hindsight takeaways of your experience? I mean, I know you're fresh in it, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. still going to be more to come. I think it's probably a journey now. Yeah. Um, I know you said that you also have waves of like the hypotheticals of like, could I have done, should I have done, which I think is very much part of that process that everyone undergoes and any decision that's made, that's kind of like a finite thing, you know, like, and then it's gone forever.
2: Bye. I mean, you don't even know the amount of paperwork that I had to fill out that said that I understood fully and completely that they were removing this organ and I would never be able to conceive. I mean, I was like, how many people had a hysterectomy and then were like, what do you mean I can't have a baby? Did it take them to make me sign an entire forest worth of paperwork oh. saying that I understand? Mm. And it feels very much like, do not trust me to know what's best for my body, but yeah. that I can also see someone that gets cold feet or whatever.
1: Well, and I think it's, I mean, primarily, isn't it fucking to like save their asses, you know, like this is insurance based yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: So, but as you know, coming from a woman's perspective where you are constantly second guessed about your own ability to, hmm. to take care of your own body. We have abortion bills that are supporting people tattling on you. If they even think you've had an abortion where they make 10 grand, uh, that's kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? It's frustrating, you know, and it feels demeaning. There was a lot of bewilderment on the point of like, okay, it's the amount of paperwork. I had to have a witness sign a piece of paper that saw me sign a piece of paper, read it and sign it like an affidavit. I signed an affidavit that literally said like, I will not have unprotected sex or any risky sexual behavior that could result in me getting pregnant before this hysterectomy. That was very interesting. So there's like the new Adele song out and it's about divorce. I haven't even listened to the words really,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: um, <clears throat> there's something about the quality of her voice that is very healing mm-hmm. and is very releasing, which I think is why people really enjoy her. It's a place to crawl into. And, you know, cause vi- sound has vibration and I feel yeah. like her voice has a vibration of release. And I was just like, okay, let me like listen to this. Cause I was hearing it here and there in little pieces. I was like, yeah, put it on YouTube, click play. Yeah a minute into the song, I'm suddenly sobbing Mm. about not being able to have babies. And I was like, get it together, lady, you are 39. You don't want to be having babies at 39. You've never in your life wanted to have babies. Mm. But it was this grief that was coming up in me. And what I've heard is that's going to kind of happen for a while. You're going to have grief. They've taken a body part. And it's interesting. My friend from Ireland, I was telling her about what I was doing. And she was like, Are they going to give you therapy for this? And I was like, like physical therapy? And (laughs) she was like, No, like psychological, emotional therapy. And I was like, No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She was like, but they're taking a body part. How are they not going to give you therapy? And I was like, Do they give you therapy for Mm -hmm. losing a body part in Europe? Yeah. You know, and she was like, Yeah.
1: I think that's one thing that we do pretty poorly. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, death and grief, I think are very hand in hand. And so is loss. So this idea of Mm -hmm. loss of uterus loss of any body part, it is going to be a journey. And I'm sure that it comes in waves and very unexpected about like, I never even wanted kids. Why am I even crying about this? You know, but there's, yeah. The uterus holds, a bunch, I mean, everybody part, but I feel like the uterus for sure, at least symbolizes whether it actually does in fact hold, you know, like the generations of, you know, the lineage and women's story, you know, like that's a big fucking symbol.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I had asked my doctor if I could hold it afterwards.
1: How'd I that go? Like, <laughs> yeah. Was she like, here sign this forest of papers? <laughs> no.
2: The funny thing is she was like, well, I might have to cut it up to take it out. I feel like she kind of was just throwing everything she could at me to say no politely. You know, I might have to chop it up. I don't think it's going to be as like profound as you think it is. And I was like, you have no idea about me as a human. So mm-hmm. don't tell me what you think. It's going to be profound or not. Right. I want to hold my goddamn uterus. It's mine. Right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, I did ask if it like, I would really like to take this home. Home and bury it in my backyard.
1: Uh-huh, and have a sure. little ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> and she was—it's got yeah, a name. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And she was like, nah, we need to make sure there's nothing cancerous, yada, yada, yada. Um, And I was like, okay, well, can I hold it afterwards? And she was like, it needs to go immediately into formaldehyde and that's cancer causing. So you can't touch it. And I was like, what well, can I put gloves on? Like I had, every- <laughs> I, was like, I was really pushing
1: sure. for this.
2: And she was like, it's just not safe. And I was like, you understand that I have dissected cadavers full of formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. I've held a human hand with uh, a human heart without gloves on that has formaldehyde in it. Like, I do not think that a minute of me conversating with my uterus is going to fucking kill me or cause cancer that I wasn't already going to have.
0: We would like to introduce a bitch that has a very intimate relationship with all her body parts and organs. Sahara Lee. Cancer Sun Leo Moon Capricorn rising.
2: But yeah, Six. I just got completely shut down. Damn. Yeah, she took she's like, I took a lot of photos for you. So I am pretty stoked. I go in next week and I get like a little slideshow.
1: Whoo, hysterectomy. Check bucket list. I I don't know. What would you say to someone that's on the fence or considering getting a hysterectomy? Do you have any words?
2: Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think processing with somebody what you're feeling and thinking. It was a beautiful opportunity for me to do massive healing on myself with my limiting beliefs Mm. Um, and where those beliefs come from and why they're there and how they've protected me in the past and how they're not serving me in the present. So. Talk therapy doesn't necessarily get into that kind of stuff. Um, So finding somebody that does a little bit more on the energetic woo-woo side is quite helpful, but really Mm. finding a place where you can talk freely about what you're feeling. Explore that stuff because it's going to be much easier to deal with when you still have choice. As opposed to after it's gone and you no longer have the choice, you can still deal with it all. It's just going to be a little bit more challenging. I think when it's like, oh, I don't have that choice anymore. That's an extra layer of anxiety on your energy field. That's going to be Mm -hmm. more challenging to like dig into Yeah, and just have somebody like I'm here with my parents. So it's really helpful to have someone to mom you. Yeah, Yeah. Like nourishing support. If you've got kids, I don't know. It needs to be like a medical
1: vacation.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Thanks for sharing. I mean, it's a very fresh, personal story. And you're the first person that I know who's had a hysterectomy. I mean, I don't think, I don't know. My mom's had her tubes tied.
0: We would like to introduce... A bitch that has no idea if she actually knows someone that has had a hysterectomy or not. Rachel. Cancer Sun and Moon. Gemini Rising.
1: I mean, these are conversations that I also just don't have with a lot of people. And like you said, yeah. like as you're debating whether or not to do it, you know, you meet all these people that have had hysterectomies. Like, yeah, that's just kind of a conversation that doesn't come up often. So I actually may know a lot of people that have had hysterectomies. I just don't know because we haven't yeah. had that conversation.
2: It's such a society taboo. Anything to do with female reproductive health, sexual satisfaction, we just can't talk about it. Mm. And I think that we need to be talking about these things. And the next person that I date, I, w- you know, I was talking to my mom about this last night. I was just like, I'm going to take that relationship real slow. Like if I can't have a conversation with you about my socks, Gina, I shouldn't be sleeping
1: with you. For sure. Yeah. People need help. This is all for the betterment of humanity, you know, having these conversations, having more awareness. I'm curious now, maybe I do need to just talk to all my bitches and be like, have you had a hysterectomy? Have you thought about it? You know, like, I don't even know. I really have no idea. We don't really talk about our uterus
2: we we don't talk about it in a positive manner or a curious manner we talk about it in the way mm. I always talked about it which was like uterus why are you trying to kill me like I don't even need you why are you here yeah. and I didn't appreciate her until a doctor was like we could just get rid
1: of her yeah and I was like
2: ah, my uterus ah!
1: right right It's tricky, though, because it's not like I'm closed to those conversations. They just don't come up. And I guess they They don't. I think think just as you were saying, it's mostly like my curiosity hasn't gone down that track, honestly. But now it's stirred whether or not Mm -hmm. anything actually does materialize from that. I don't know. Time will tell.
2: Well, and it's oftentimes I feel that curiosity is kind of looked down on in many ways because Everybody needs to have their privacy. Mm. And I think that's true. I think that the first question is, I got questions. Do you feel comfortable having a conversation about that? That needs to always be the very first question.
1: Interaction, yeah.
2: Yeah. I really wish in general, we asked that question more often so that we could have more conversation about challenging things. Mm. I have been very open about it. Mm. I've been very transparent with people and I really wish that we just
1: had more communication. I mean, just this end part, I think is so important about cultivating curiosity and with the element of consideration, you know, like follow your curiosity, but definitely be considerate of just asking whether or not the person is open to receiving that curiosity. I think that wraps up the hysterectomy episode. Um,
2: Stay tuned for the Sock (laughs) (laughs) gyna.
1: Next on Space Court: Sock How do they work? What is the instruction manual for them?
2: Embracing the journey always. Space
0: Chord. Space Chord. Bitch is an acronym for Beautiful, Intelligent, Talented, Charming, Honorable. Rachel regularly uses bitch in many ways, shapes, and forms as a way to empower people to transmute its energetic charge. This acronym, bitch, was introduced to Rachel in 2013 by the late bitch queen, Kathleen. All praise and honors to Kathleen for sharing her wisdom. After all, wisdom.